Good evening and welcome to the EFL Preview with me, Adam Davis, here on Three Valleys Radio. We had lots of exciting midweek action for us to get into tonight, but not from the usual uh, leagues that we expect. This came from the second round of the Carabao Cup. We've got plenty of fixtures that took place on Tuesday and Wednesday night, with a very small sprinkling of the Papa John's trophy thrown in for good measure. And of course, towards the end of the programme, we'll take a look at all the fixtures taking place this weekend. As always, you can expect the same level of insight, analysis and interviews that you come to expect every single week from everyone's favourite EFL-based, review-based programme. So, we'll start off with uh, the games that took place on Tuesday in the Carabao Cup, or the EFL Cup for BBC purposes. And it started with Bolton Wanderers 1, Middlesbrough 3. Substitute Riley McGree inspired the fight back as Middlesbrough came from behind against Bolton to book their place in the third round. Michael Carrick's men had had a poor start to the championship season with just one point from their opening four games. That misery seemed to be continuing as Dion Charles put the League One side Bolton in front. Matt Crooks, however, levelled before limping off with an injury, and McGree fired in the second in stoppage time before teeing up fellow sub Morgan Rogers for the third. Middlesbrough were the form team in the second half of last season, moving from the relegation zone to the playoffs, but they are yet to register a win this season, and this really turned things around. Swansea City 2, AFC Bournemouth 3. Ryan Christie's stoppage time goal gave Bournemouth their first win under boss Andoni Iriola against Swansea. Captain Matt Grimes had given Swansea a half-time lead from the penalty spot, but Bournemouth hit back with goals by David Brooks and Hammer Traore. Jamie Patterson's equaliser nearly took the EFL Cup tie to a penalty shootout. But Christie set up a fellow substitute, Justin Cliver, yes, son of the former uh, Juventus and Ajax uh, striker Patrick Clivert, netted in the first minute of stoppage time to send the Cherries into round three. Traore's first Bournemouth goal had seemed to have secured the visitors' comeback, coming after substitute Dominic Solanke hit the post with a header before the rebound left the Ivorian with an easy finish. Earlier, Welsh international Brooks, captain for the night, had scored his first competitive goal since returning to action earlier this year following treatment for Stage 2 Hodgkin lymphoma. Port Vale nil, Crew Alexander nil. Port Vale winning 2-0 on penalties. Crew missed all four spot kicks as they crashed out at 2-0 on penalties to Port Vale in the Carabao Cup after the match had ended goalless in normal time. It was a horror show for the visitors at Vale Park as Elliot Nevitt blasted over the bar before Connor Ripley produced a good save to keep out Chris Long's penalty. Rio Adebisi rattled the bar and Joel Taberner's miss ended their misery. The only additional misery was the fact that the game itself was incredibly boring. One that wasn't boring if you're a Mansfield fan, Sheffield Wednesday won and Mansfield Town won. Mansfield Town winning 5-4 on penalties. Christy Pym was the Mansfield Town hero as they pulled off a Carabao Cup penalty shootout win against Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough. The stacked keeper made a series of saves in normal time to keep the League Two side in contention after Anti Musaba headed Wednesday ahead. Reese Oates produced a superb equaliser with five minutes left to send the game to spot kicks. Pym saved from Will Vokes, but Cameron Dawson also produced a stop from Will Swan to take it to sudden death. After Aidan Flynn scored against his former club, Pym produced another terrific save to deny Liam Palmer and put Mansfield into round three. 
Wednesday are yet to win a game in controversial fashion this season, having scrapped through the first round in the competition in a penalty shootout against Stockport, and they've lost all four league games in the Championship in a poor start under Zisco Munoz. For most of this game, it looked like that run would end after Josh Windass crossed, Callum Patterson headed across goal, and Masaba applied the finish. Windass then hit the bar, and Pim produced fine saves to deny Michael Ihikwe, Windass, and Juan Delgado to keep the Stags alive. Oates cut in from the left and curled in the equaliser, and Mansfield kept their nerve in the shootout to progress into the third round. We'll have our first interview of the night, and we will hear from Sheffield Wednesday player Josh Windass. Another game not good enough. Um, I thought first half, to be honest, we was quite sharp, started well, created a lot of chances. Um, Probably could have put some more away as a team. We had, I think we had 20 shots or something first half. Um, hit the post. Yeah, created a lot of chances. It was all good at half time. Probably could have been two, three up. And then second half, yeah, um, conceded a really poor goal. And then obviously the penalty is a penalty. One can miss a penalty. No one's uh, too bothered about that because the best players in the world miss penalties, but it shouldn't get to that stage. Like you said, there were plenty of chances in that first half. Unfortunately, we found sort of Christy Pim on, on really good form tonight as well. He kept so many of those out. Yeah, but. Um, we're playing a little against a team two leagues below us tonight, um, and that's no disrespect to Mansfield. They've got a good manager, um, some nice football players in, in their team, but we need to seriously start looking at ourselves and start improving our performance because we can't just keep blaming managers, people. That everything that happened tonight was on the players, it was on me, it was on everyone out there. So we can't just keep throwing blame on people when we're the ones out there. Obviously, a frustrating one tonight. What is the mood like in the in the dressing room after that? Disappointed, yeah. Um, Listen, we're obviously four, get five games in. We haven't won a game yet. This club, we, we, it demands winning. Um, we're obviously not happy with our, our, our performing, but like I said, we can't blame anybody else but the players that are going onto the pitch. Um, we're the ones out there. We're the ones training every day. Um, we need to start following instruction better and, and taking it all into a game. And We will start winning games because, as I said, the players can't just keep shifting blame onto people every single... I've been here four years now. I've been through however many managers... But, just going to keep blaming them all the time. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, we need to st- uh, st- uh, start sh- sharpen up, sorry, um, as players and, and start getting performances. There's, there's a lot of experienced players in the dressing room as well, and you, there's the mentality in that dressing room, isn't there, to, to, to get out of this, this situation? Well, that's my point. We've got obviously me, Baz, Pato, boys who've been there and bit played hundreds, hundred odd games for this club. Um, so, like I said, we should go out there and beat a team two leagues below us tonight, and we haven't. So you don't obviously fans don't want to hear saying you're going to go training and work hard again because that's what everybody says. But we just need to keep our head down. Keep obviously we're very early on in the season. It comes to Christmas and the mood could be completely different. But we just need to stick with each other and yeah, keep going and get our confidence back with a massive game on Saturday. As you say, it is a massive game, isn't it? And it's that kind of game where that kind of mentality and that experience can show as well. Yeah, well you can't just go home tonight and start crying about your performances. You've got to get ready for a massive derby at the weekend, which all the fans will be paying hard and money to go watch and we've got to go out there and give a real performance as, as players, as, as men and, and be proud to, to wear the shirt and, and go out and give it all. Stoke City 6, Rotherham United 1. Stoke City reached the third round of the Carabao Cup in style as they hit Rotherham United for 6 at the bet 365. Skipper Josh Ron scored twice, Tyrese Campbell scored his first goal of the season and three summer signings in Wutterberger, Ryan Mamey and Mechid Leres all got on the score sheet as well. Rotherham defender Sean Morrison briefly gave his side hope when he responded to early goals by Berger on his home debut and Mamey for his first at the club to pull one back on 22 minutes. 
But the Potters, who also beat Rotherham 4-1 on the opening day of the Championship season just 24 days ago, ran in two more before the break from Laurent and Campbell. Laurent then drilled in the ball of the night early in the second half before Leris also found the net for on his home debut to complete the Potters' biggest win since beating Steven Gerrard's Liverpool 6-1 on the final day of the season in May 2015. Stoke have now won all four games this season. This one looked on the cards from the second minute when Dutchman Berger, making his full debut following last week's arrival from FC Basel, drove home from long range before Mamey doubled the advantage beautifully bending in on 18 minutes. Morrison's header from a Cafu corner, no not that one, half the deficit, but Stoke restored their two-goal lead when Laurent arrowed a shot into the bottom corner before Campbell curled number four in off the crossbar. Laurent then latched onto Campbell's headed pass for his second goal of the night on 55 minutes before setting up goal number six for Laris's another of Stoke's 14 summer captures, only signed last week, with a fine finish 18 minutes from time. Let's hear from Stoke City boss, Alex Neal. Alex, a very good night at the office. How do you reflect on that one? Yeah, like you say, I thought it was a very good performance. You know, to score six goals in any game is really pleasing. Um, I think to get four wins in the bounce at home, I think it's vitally important. You know, we spoke about that last year because our fans want to come in, in their droves and they want to be entertained and they want to watch their team play well. So I think we've done that predominantly at home so far. You know, our task is to make sure that we try and take that on the road with us as well. Um, we've made a huge amount of signings. I think there were seven changes again tonight. So I think to contend with everything we've done and to be in as good a moment as we're in at the moment, I think speaks volumes of all the work that's happened. We still know we can improve certain aspects of our game. But yeah, I think we're, I think we're really pleased with what we've done so far. Is that cohesion one of the main things that you take from the game? Yeah, I think um, how well we did in the second half on Saturday, I think we took that into the game this evening, you know, and we just had that cutting edge this evening that we maybe um, were a bit unfortunate not to get on Saturday. You know, I certainly didn't think we deserved to lose the game based on the whole match, but um, I think tonight we needed to make sure we shake that off, go out, put a good performance, score some goals, and come away for the game confident, and we've done that. Were you pleased how you broke the lines and got in good positions to shoot? Yeah, I think some of the goals are excellent, sort of some individual quality there, but also some really good combination and team moves to get any good areas. Um, so yeah, but there's, listen, there's still things for us to work on. You know, we're a really, we're basically a brand new formed group in terms of trying to sort of play together and understand everybody's strengths and weaknesses. Um, but I think you can see that the potential certainly there. We just need to refine and refine and refine how we're going to play and hopefully game by game it should improve. It must be positive to see Berger, Larice, and um, Mai get their first goals for the club and three very good goals as well. Yeah, three excellent goals. You know, I was really pleased for Ryan. I thought some of the games he played when he came in was he played really well. Just that sort of cutting edge and I thought that would be touched back across his body on the goal up and it's a terrific finish for him. So, uh, yeah, excellent for him. You know, we're scoring after a minute. I think Set is on our way and I think what it does do as well is it just gives him confidence and settles us down and then obviously... I thought Larice, in terms of his work ethic for the game's traffic, you know, that, that energy we lost with Jacob left, I think we needed to place that. But equally, make sure he still carries a goal for it as well, so good. And given how well you performed in the game, it gave you the luxury to bring on players, and it was good to get the debut for Jogic as well. Yeah, nice to get uh, Georgie on. You know, he's still a young lad. He's uh, he's not certainly up to speed with the language and stuff at the moment. But I think yeah, you've seen flashes of quality that pass with refers to his left foot gets him behind him and, and arguably we should have squared it earlier and, and Dwight would have got his goal um, but yeah really good to get him and Saul and guys like that on the pitch as well because um, 
they're going to be the switch off. Ryan Campbell obviously forced off during their game. What's the early prognosis on those two? Um, Ryan, I'm not quite sure what it's going to look like, so we'll see tomorrow once it sort of dies down a little bit. Um, and Ty was just cramped, really, so yeah, I'm quite confident Ty should be fine. And this result sets you up perfectly for the game against Preston on Saturday, doesn't it? Yeah, well, hopefully. We've got to go and get a result for the game. You know, we want to win the game. Preston have started the season really well. Um, we've been in really good form at home, so we're hoping we can take that type of performance and, and instill that in the game on Saturday. Tramere Rovers nil, Leicester City 2. Two goals in four second-half minutes allowed Leicester to overcome Tranmere and reach the third round. Leicester had the better of the first-half possession but failed to have an effort on target as Tranmere had a couple of efforts. Wilfred and Didi strike from a difficult angle put the Foxes in front ten minutes after the break. Soon after, Jamie Vardy got his first goal of the season as he headed home and Didi's cross at the back post. Tranmere's 42-year-old goalkeeping coach Joe Murphy donned the gloves as he did in the first round more than 23 years after he kept goal for Rovers as an 18-year-old in the 2000 League Cup final loss to the Foxes at the Old Wembley. Leicester's Polish goalkeeper Jakub Stojlicic had to be alert to save from Dan Pike and Josh Hawkes in the opening period, while Cesar Kasadai twice went close for City after good early chances for Harry Winks. Leicester had further chances to extend their lead after going in front as substitute Wanya Makal Madivua and Ndidi had efforts blocked with 10 minutes to go, while Kasadai also went close. Tranmere struggled to create chances as Jordan Turnbull did well to deny Yunus Agun a goal late on before Rovers substitute Rhys McClear had a late shot blocked. Let's listen to Leicester City boss Enzo Maresca. Enzo, congratulations. 2-0 here at Tranmere tonight. How did you rate the, the performance overall? No, yeah. Uh, never easy to win a game. You can see in the first round how many teams they were out tonight also. So never easy. Happy with the results, happy with the performance, for sure, as I always said. There are many things that we need to we need to improve, but uh, it's normal. We just started two months ago. First half seemed like some good deliveries into the box. Just no one there to to make the final touch. Yeah, but at, at the end, the most important thing is to arrive there to create chances, and then the goal will arrive for sure. You made the four changes at halftime. Is that something that was pre-planned, or is that something that you saw in no, the first I just half? Said for some of them, was uh, we plan uh, to to for them just 45 minutes. For some of them. Probably I expected something more. So, yeah, that's uh, it's normal anyway. One of the changes for Eunice making his debut. Clearly, you're pleased to have him in the team, but how did you rate his performance tonight? No, yeah, you can see that uh, he, he is creating chance for himself, how good he is in 1v1. And yeah, happy for him. 45 minutes debut. We, we won a game, so it's okay. Yeah, good. Two goals in quick succession, two quality goals. You must be really pleased. Yes. Happy for Wilfred, especially happy for the the second goal we scored because the assist was very good and uh, the way we arrived there and yeah, good. First start as well today for Cesare Casadei. He's, he's earned that start. He's come on his main impression as a, as a substitute. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's uh, it's one one more player that uh, needs minutes to to be always better, better, better. And we are giving him some minutes sometimes from the bench tonight from the start. We have many players, so we can decide. Six wins from six. The run continues. Confidence is growing, but it feels still like there's, there's more to, to come from the side, which is Friday. Uh, Saturday. Yes, uh, we have uh, now next game that it's important. Uh, Saturday. Uh, then finally the international break and we can recover energy. 
you spoke a lot about that connection with the supporters tonight. They were singing your name. You all went across to celebrate with them at the end. Seems to be a connection that's growing. Yeah, to be honest, we I said we need them, especially now in this moment after relegation. We start a new season. We need them very close. And Saturday we need them even more because for sure it will be a complicated game. But uh, they're going to be there with us on Saturday for sure. One slight negative, James Justin came off injured. Is it too soon to... No, 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 it's not injury, just cramp, tired, tired. He's not uh, playing a lot, unfortunately, because uh, in the way he play, in the way he train every day, it's unbelievable, amazing. But for sure, that uh, will be one of the players that uh, will help us. And as you say, preparation now starts for Saturday, again back at King Power Stadium. Yeah, exactly. Saturday, big game at home with our fans. And as I said, won't be easy, but uh, with our fans there, support us, will be good. Wolverhampton Wanderers 5, Blackpool 0. Matt Doherty marked his second debut at Wolverhampton Wanderers with two goals as they comfortably beat League One Blackpool to reach the third round. Sasa Kalajic opened the scoring when he struck from a rebound in the first half, Fabio Silva turned in the second after Blackpool's Kenny Dougal had hit the post, and Wolves then added three more after the break with Doherty's double and a Nathan Fraser strike. Irishman Doherty, of course, spent 10 years at Wolves from 2010 before leaving for spells at Tottenham and Atletico Madrid until returning this summer, got his first win with a header before guiding his second soon after. Wrexham won, Bradford City won, Bradford City winning 4-3 on penalties. Bradford reached the third round as they beat Wrexham on penalties. Tyler Smith's third-minute spot kick had put the Bantams ahead after Aaron Hayden had brought down Jamie Walker. Will Boyle headed Wrexham level in the second half to delight another full house at the stock racecourse. But the home fans were ultimately disappointed as Luke Young and James Jones missed their penalties in the shootout to send Bradford through. Goalkeeper Harry Lewis was the hero for the Mantons, saving Jones's effort after Wrexham's Mark Howard had done the same to deny Bradford's substitute Dan Okiegoki. It was a happy return to Wrexham for visiting manager Mark Hughes, who was born and raised in Newboy Ruborn, and scored an iconic volley on this ground for Wales in a 3-0 win over Spain in 1985. And it only seems appropriate that we speak to the Bradford City boss, Mark Hughes, now. Gaffer, through to round three, another penalty shootout victory, and we pleased with the night's work. Yeah, yeah, I thought we deserved around the night. I thought we, uh, we created more clear-cut chances through good creative play. Um, uh, they seem to have a lot of opportunities to put balls in the box. We defended them really well, which you have to here because you know that's how they're going to play. And uh, I think apart from one good save in the first half when Harry saved with his with his shins. It showed both sides tonight, didn't it, really? That, like you said, that grit in keeping the ball out of our net and battling their threats, but also creating chances of our own and mm. probably on the night, in the 90 minutes should have taken it away. Yeah, absolutely. I think in terms of our chances, I mean, Brad's had a good chance. Uh, Manny's had a good chance right in the middle of the goals and uh, in those circumstances you've just got to hit the targets and those are real play good chances. Uh, Tyler had a couple in the first half as well. So in terms of quality of chances, I, I would suggest that was a way above that they were able to create. Uh, I've just seen all their shots. Um, they're all speculative, they're from outside the box and no real quality to them. So uh, in my view, fully, fully deserved to, to win the game in normal time in fairness. But, uh, Obviously, we worry when you get to, to penalty because it can go either way, but uh, yeah, the right result in my view. In terms of the penalties, we mentioned obviously being pleased after the first round. Today, 
a little bit different in terms of kicking into their fans, but still the level of yeah, the yeah, you, from our lads. Yeah, you've got, you got to be professional. You, you can't think uh, that's that's the end of the night's proceedings. You've, you've got to uh, regroup and refocus and, and go again and, and be professional. And that's what we were. So uh, really pleased uh, with the outcome, obviously. And um, yeah, it's always a lottery. You know, it's the old cliche that you're never quite sure if it's going to go your way, but uh, thankfully it did. And uh, the right right result was born out. Into the third round, and obviously an opportunity for, for some big games. Uh, you must be looking forward to. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. We we won again in this round. Obviously, uh, another opportunity to get uh, a big tie if we can, and uh, that will help the club's finances, obviously. And uh, it'd be a great night if we get a big big Premier League side at back at Valley Parade. What a, what a night that will be! So uh, let's keep our fingers crossed. See who we get. Birmingham City 1, Cardiff City 3. Cardiff City are into the third round after a 3-1 away win against Birmingham. Cardiff took the lead after just three minutes, Ruben Colville finding the bottom corner with a first-time effort. Home striker Lukas Jutskovic was sent off early in the second half before Ryan Wintle doubled Cardiff's lead. Stock Hogan hit back for Birmingham, but as they chased a late equaliser, Kiona Tete tapped in a cross at the back post to seal victory for the Bluebirds. Bristol City nil, Norwich City one. Norwich booked their place in round three after edging past Bristol City at Ashton Gate. Liam Gibbs had already thumped the bar for the visitors when Plemish Law Placator spun in the box and fired into the corner to put the Canaries ahead early in the second half. The, Rover, uh, the visitors were unable to convert any uh, further chances, allowing the Robins to pile on late pressure, but the Canaries stood firm to progress. Exeter City won, Stevenage won Exeter City, winning 5-3 on penalties. Exeter made it to the third round of the League Cup for the first time since 1989, but they needed penalties after a one-all draw with Stevenage at St James's Park. Exeter made a fine start to the game with a goal in the fifth minute. Alex Hartridge saw his initial header saved from a corner, but he reacted quickly to volley past Christian Hagee. In half a few chances, Exeter's Pierre Sweeney saw his header easily saved by Hagee, while it took until the 40th minute for Stevenage to threaten, but Elliot List's fierce shot was saved by Viljami Sinisalo in the Exeter goal. The home side's domination continued after the break, and they were unable to kill the game off. Sweeney, Hartridge and Jack Agenson all went close before Agenson was forced off after a nasty collision with an advertising hoarding. Out of nothing, Stevenage drew level when Jordan Roberts headed in a Harry Anderson cross in the 69th minute. That sent the match into the penalty shootout, with neither side able to find the winning goal. The stage was set for Sinisalo to save from Dan Butler, and Sweeney to send Exeter through by scoring five of their five spot kicks. One of the few All-Premier League ties for round two here. Fulham won, Tottenham Hotspur won. Fulham winning 5-3 on penalties. Not much, or not very rarely, do we speak about uh, the Premier League here on the EFL Review for obvious reasons. Anyway, Richarlison scored but could not prevent Tottenham going out of the Carabao Cup as Fulham won a penalty shootout to progress to round three. After Mickey van der Ven first half own goal gave Fulham a deserved lead, Spurs levelled in unusual circumstances. The home side were temporarily, temporarily reduced to 10 men when Kenny Tete had to change his boot and Spurs took full advantage when Richarlison headed in. But Savison Sanchez's penalty was saved as Fulham won the shootout. It was Tete, with a new boot on of course, who scored the decisive spot kick to send the home side through.
Salford City won, Leeds United won Salford City, winning 9-8 on penalties. League 2 Salford stunned Championship side Leeds with an epic penalty shootout victory to reach Round 3. The fourth-tier outfit eventually went through on 9-8 on penalties after Osama Ashley scored at the second attempt when his initial effort was saved by Carl Darlow, but the keeper was adjudged to have come off his line. The host took the lead against the run of play before the break when former lead striker Matt Smith powered home a header from 10 yards out. Pascal Straug poked home an equaliser for the away side, who also hit the woodwork through Crescencio Somerville and Sam Greenwood, after Salford failed to clear a free kick, but the Amis won out on spot kicks to reach the third round of the competition for the first time in their history. They had the chance to win it in, five, in the first five penalties, but Conor McLennan smashed his effort against the crossbar, after ex-Leeds keeper Alex Cairns had saved Jorginho Rutter's tame effort. James Shackleton hit the angle of the post and bar to set up Ashley to win it for Salford, but he briefly looked to have blown it when Darlow went in the right way and kept out his spot kick. However, the referee rightly ordered a retake, with the goalkeeper clearly off his line, and the 23-year-old made the most of his reprieve. It was rough on Leeds, who claimed their first league win of the season at Ipswich Town on Saturday, and they were in a dominant side throughout, but found Cairns in super form in the Salford goal. The Amis will now hope for a plum tie in the third round of the competition, a stage where Man United, the club where many of the club's owners made their names as players, will enter the competition, but we will reveal the draw very shortly. In the meantime though, let's listen to Salford boss Neil Wood. Proud, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a tough game, you know, really really good team with, with talented players um, really good coach so we knew it was going to be a hard game um, we knew going up in at 1-0 we knew there was going to be some response from them in the second half and, but I think the way we defended and the work rate um, the discipline in the second half was is definitely something for us to build on and yeah we're, we're proud to get through to the second half uh, the, the next round we're proud to get through to that um, and uh, you know it's it's been a really hard night and um, a lot of a lot of <laughs> a lot of hard work. Uh, no, it's a great night. Obviously, um, you know we knew before the game that the, that was going to be a shift. Um, we're going to have to dig in. They're going to have a lot of the ball, and um, you know I feel like we did that really well uh, tonight. Um, really worked for each other, and um, you know the hard work paid off in the end. Yeah, man possessed tonight. I think a lot of us were like Tilly and Maps, um, either the every single to a man like unbelievable performance um, something to be really proud of and then something to take into into the uh, into the Saturday's fixture for sure yeah they did they did dig deep and they had to you know um, they caused us a lot of problems and we had to really match that and and, and defend resolutely um, and I think once it goes to, to penalties it becomes maybe a bit of a look um, what I can say is the last two cup rounds Preston and and tonight our penalties have been outstanding. I think we've learned the harsh lesson of the playoffs and all the lessons from that. So, yeah, I thought once Conor McLennan stepped up and hit the bar at that point, you're probably doubting whether it's whether it's going to happen. And then, fair play to Ash, you know, he, he stepped up. I think the keeper came off the line for the for the first one. And I think at that point Alex Kearns is screaming at him to, to focus, to concentrate and he got his focus back, he got his composure back and, and he put the second penalty away. Yeah, I think I think that's it. I think we knew the opposition were coming against, you know. 
the top footballers, the, you know, the Premier League footballers, just just come down from from the Premier League. So we understood that, you know, we probably won't have as much of the ball as what we normally do. Um, but when we did get the ball, I thought we, we were quality in possession. You know, um, we looked a threat on the ball. I think, you know, on transition we were really good, picking up loose balls, picking up balls, defending the box well. And then when we got the ball, I thought we were quite calm with it. Um, so yeah, something for us that we can definitely take take note on take positives from in terms of defensively because we know how good we were defensively tonight and you know putting the bodies on the line that's that's all you can ask for from you from your, not just your defenders but from the whole group stopping blocking shots you know it, it, it was it, honestly it was a, a delight to be behind obviously there was a lot of pressure but um like i said uh, i saw the replay back and um he was pretty far off his line and um you know the second one i was more confident for and i thought you know what uh you're gonna save it twice so uh you know yeah paid off in the end so yeah, really, really good performances. A lot of um, work went into it. I thought Luke Bolton was, was outstanding when you consider he's probably played three different positions throughout the whole game. But I think he does that. You know, he gives everything. Um, and I thought, he, I thought he was outstanding. I thought he was really good tonight. Yeah, that was it. I, I, I knew going into this game, you know, they, they, were, they were brilliant for me growing up. You know, they give me my first taste of professional football. Um, going through the academy, you know what a great football club, and I wish them nothing but success. But for me personally, tonight to get one over on them was was nice. You know, it was nice. It was nice to see that, like, you know, like, nice for me personally and my family to be like, yeah, do you know what? You, you can stand up and be counted against the uh, top opposition. Like I say, I think for goalkeepers, when it goes down to a penalty shootout, you, you know what it's like. You know, we've been there before. We're there last round, and you just you just know that there might be a moment you might have to make one save, and it might be all the difference. And you know save one and they miss one and you know that is the difference and Ash puts his penalty away uh, second attempt albeit but listen it, it was the right decision by the referee and the linesman that they saw it I saw it I think we all knew he was way off his line and uh, Ash got a chance to retake it and put it away I had full confidence in him in doing that um, and that's it We're through to the next round and bring whoever whoever next is Rowling, no, everyone's buzzing you know I really feel the energy and um, you know I really feel like it will take us on to the next round and even into our league games take the momentum forward and um, you know progress a few bonus mini-interviews in there as well, as we also heard from goalkeeper Alex Cairns and midfielder Osama Ashley. Luton Town 3, Gillingham 2. Luton marked their first game at Kenilworth Road this season with victory over lead to Gillingham. Jacob Brown opened the scoring after just 96 seconds before Alfie Doherty's magnificent free kick doubled the Hatters' lead before half-time. Jaden Clark gave the Jills hope after the break, only for Corley Woodrow to restore Luton's two-goal advantage. Tom Nichols made it 3-2, but the hosts held on. Newport County won, Brentford won. Brentford avoided a major cup upset as they edged to a penalty shootout win over Newport County in the Carabao Cup. Premier League Brentford were dominant throughout, and having been frustrated by a well-drilled Newport side at Rodney Parade, took the lead on the 87th minute through substitute Matthias Jensen. But the 18-year-old Kibben Rye struck his first goal for the club deep into time added on to send the second-round fixture to a, penalty shoot, uh, to a penalty shootout for Newport. However, Brentford won 3-0 on Spookkicks to book their place. Newport made five changes from their 3-1 comeback win over Sutton United, as Johnny Maxted, Josh Sheshbury, Matty Bonsdall, James Waite and Omar Bogle all started. Thomas Frank had made nine changes to his Brentford side following Saturday's one or draw with Crystal Palace. Plymouth Argyle 2, Crystal Palace 
four. Crystal Palace scored three goals in five second-half minutes to come from 2-0 down to win at Plymouth. But Ben Wayne gave the championship side a flying start as he fired in from close range early on, and Luke Cundall superbly doubled their lead 33 seconds after the interval. But Palace responded in devastating fashion, as Odson Eduard converted from close range and Jean-Philippe Mateta tapped in soon after. Mateta then blasted in his second before Eberechi Essay fed Mateta for the French striker to ruthlessly complete his first hat-trick for the Premier League side. This was the first time a top-flight side had visited Home Park for a competitive fixture since Argyle, then in League Two, were beaten by Liverpool in an FA Cup third-round replay in January 2017. Palace had made seven changes from the side that drew one all with Brentford, including a debut for 20-year-old uh, forward and EFL review regular Jezerin Raksaki, who of course was on loan at Charlton last year, while Argyle made nine uh, changes from the team that narrowly lost to Birmingham. It was Wayne, one of those brought in by Argyle boss Stephen Schumacher, who put the team uh, put them ahead with his third goal in two EFL Cup games, as he got on the end of Callum Wright's back post header from Tyreek Wright's cross. Palace had an equaliser disallowed five minutes later when Raksaki was offside, as he finished a Jefferson Lerma pass after a good move. Plymouth settled into the opening period well and looked a threat going forward, with Wright particularly impressive. I'm not entirely clear whether that's Callum Wright or Tyreek Wright from this report. The Eagles' best first-half chances came when Mateta was a toe widths away from Raksaki's low cross at the back post, before Mikkel Miller flashed an effort wide off the Palace post in stoppage time. Soon after the break, Luke Cundall curled a wonderful right-footed shot into the top corner from 25 yards out to double Argyle's lead and appear to calm any home nerves. Palace responded by bringing on Jordan Ayew, Ezzy and Geoffrey Schlopp in a triple change 10 minutes into the second half and it proved a masterstroke by Eagles boss Roy Hodgson. Eze and Ayu linked up well before the latter put in a cross from the right that Eduard converted before Eze's low ball in from the left was tapped in by Mateta. Schlupp then released Mateta with his right-footed pass from midfield and the French striker blasted in to give his side the lead. Wayne and Miller both went close for the Pilgrims before Palace showed their ruthlessness and their Premier League quality for the fourth as Eze broke before feeding Mateta, whose right-footed shot passed at the near post. Portsmouth won, Peterborough United won. Joe Morell and Abu Kamara missed their spot kicks as Portsmouth lost 5-4 on penalties to Peterborough after a one-all draw in the second round of the Carabao Cup. Kamara had the chance to send Pompey through after Ryan de Havilland had seen his penalty saved by Ryan Schofield, but blazed into the stands. Welsh international Morell then crashed his effort against the post before David Ajaboy stepped up to win it for 10-man posh. Pompey had the first effort after five minutes as a solid strike from Terry Devlin was deflected over for a corner. Whilst at the other end, Ajaboy tested Schofield from distance. Posh took the lead after 29 minutes when an in-swinging corner caused problems and Ajaboy bundled the ball home from close range. It took only six minutes for the second half for Pompey to equalise as a cross from Paddy Lane fell to Christian Sadie who, with his back to goal, swivelled to beat past James Dornley and goalkeeper Finn Talley. Peterborough's Charlie O'Connell saw red after a second yellow card for a foul on Terry Devlin in the 59th minute, having already been booked for kicking the ball away in the first half. Portsmouth threw everything at Peterborough's 10 men, and substitute Colby Bishop should have won it but failed to convert from point-blank range, and it was the visitors who prevailed on penalties. Wickham Wanderers nil, Sutton United 
one. Aidan O'Brien's first goal for Sutton handed the League Two side a shock 1-0 win over Wickham. The Yellows travelled to Adams Park on the back of four straight defeats and the second lowest ranked team left in the competition. But after weathering an early barrage from their League One hosts, O'Brien struck in the 19th minute to give Sutton a lead that they would never relinquish. The best of Wickham's early chances came from a clean through. Gareth McCleary fired straight at Sutton goalkeeper Jack Rose. Rose later launched a long ball upfield while Josh Coley ushered straight into O'Brien's path with only Max Stierjack to beat. The Irish international coolly slid as uh, effort under the Wickham goalkeeper and Harry Smith almost doubled the visitors' advantage five minutes later with a swipe at the near post. Sutton finished the half the stronger, but the home side pushed hard after the break as substitute Luke Leahy rattled the woodwork from a Sam Vokes flick on. But just in the first half, the early Wickham pressure fizzled out, with one last opportunity for Kane Vincent Young spurned high over the bar. And the final game that took place on Tuesday, Reading 2, Ipswich Town 2, Ipswich winning 3-1 on penalties. Ipswich held their nerve to edge through to the third round on penalties at League One Reading. Brandon Williams's own goal, 74 seconds into his Ipswich debut, put the hosts ahead, but Cameron Humphreys and Freddie Ladapo turned the tie on his head for the Championship High Flyers. Informed Kelvin E's late Everett leveller sent the tie to spot kicks, but the Royals could only convert one of the four penalties they took as Ipswich prevailed 3 1. At AJ Wakeley and Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. On to the Wednesday games now, and we'll start with Nottingham Forest 0, Burnley 1. Substitute Zeki Amduni struck a cool late-minute winner as Burnley edged past Nottingham Forest to reach the third round. The Swiss international delightfully controlled Josh Brownhill's past before firing a finish past Matt Turner. Excuse me, for the winning goal and only one of two shots on target in the entire contest. It gave Vincent Company side their first victory of the season and sent four-time winners Forrest out of the competition at the first hurdle. Sheffield United nil, Lincoln City nil. Lincoln City win 3-2 on penalties. League One side Lincoln City shocked Sheffield United 3-2 on penalties to oust the Premier League club from the Carabao Cup in the second round at Bramall Lane. Captain John Egan missed the Blades' final penalty of the shootout after strikers Louis Marsh and Benny Traore had their spot kick saved by the 6'6 goalkeeper Lucas Jensen, sending the Imps through in front of the ecstatic away end. Overall, a general fantastic feeling in what was a very underwhelming game outside of this, so all the power to Lincoln. Chelsea 2, AFC Wimbledon 1. Chelsea had to come from behind to beat lead to AFC Wimbledon at Stamford Bridge. The visitors started brightly and took the lead through a penalty in the 18th minute through former uh, Glover James Tilly. Chelsea goalkeeper Robert Sanchez jumped onto Harry Pell while trying to punch away a free kick, and James Tilly made no mistake as he struck the ball powerfully down the centre of Sanchez's goal. 
It was also a penalty which brought Chelsea back level on the stroke of half-time. Nani Majuke was brought down by Alex Pierce, and the winger dusted himself down to confidently send Alex Bass the wrong way. Chelsea, who if they complete the signing of Manchester City's Cole Palmer, will have taken their spending in this transfer window into the region of 400 million, had to bring on some of their big names from the bench to turn things around. And it was the £105 million midfielder Enzo Fernandez who completed the turnaround when he picked up on Alex Bass's poor clearance to fire in from outside the area. Doncaster Rovers 1, Everton 2. Arno Danjuma struck an 88th minute winner as Premier League side Everton came from behind to beat League 2's rock bottom side Doncaster Rovers and reached the third round. An upset looked on the cards when Joe Ironside put the hosts ahead a minute before half-time, glancing in a header from Tommy Rowe's whipped ball. But new Everton signing Beto levelled with a goal on his debut, reaching an Abdullah Decore ball to calmly poke past Rovers goalkeeper Ian Lawler. And Dunjuma netted 15 minutes later to give his side a much-needed first win of the season and a third-round meeting with Aston Villa at Villa Park in the week commencing the 25th of September. That's just a little uh, uh, subtle uh, one of the many draws that have taken place in the third round. We will go through the rest in a minute. However, we will move on to arguably the most surprising result of the entire uh, week or midweek set of fixtures and a game I actually had the pleasure of going to live. Harrogate Town nil, Blackburn Rovers 8. Blackburn Rovers recorded the biggest away win in their 148-year history as they thrashed League 2 Harrogate Town 8-0 in the second round of the Carabao Cup. Jake Garrett and Sam Gallagher each scored in the space of three first-half minutes to put the championship side in a commanding position inside a quarter of an hour. John Buckley got Rovers third from six yards out before Dylan McCandy scored the fourth in first-half stoppage time. Buckley scored his second friend the penalty spot soon after the restart, and Zach Gilzenen converted a free kick before goals on their senior debuts for teenagers Tom Bloxham and James Edmondson completed the route. The victory set up a third-round home tie against fellow championship side Cardiff City. Rovers last scored eight goals in a game in their previous record away win when they were 8-2 winners at West Ham in the old First Division on Boxing Day in 1963. The result was the biggest win for Rovers in any game since a 7-0 win over Nottingham Forest at Ewood Park in November 1995, when Alan Shearer scored a hat-trick for then-reigning Premier League champions. 20-year-old midfielder Garrett, who got his first Rovers goal in the last round, provided a ruthless left-footed finish into the opposite corner after Gallagher had turned a loose pass into his path. Soon after Buckley's lofted ball over the back line released Gallagher, who took a touch before slotting into the bottom corner. A full-throttle opening quarter also saw Tam's Jack Muldoon have a one-on-one -on -one effort well saved, before Rovers' Dylan McCandy had a shot saved from 12 yards out around the post after the hosts had been caught in possession. Gallagher then put Andrew Moran through, and the Brighton Loney reached the byline before turning the ball into Buckley's path to make it 3-0 as Blackburn looked imperious. Muldoon flashed an effort wide the Rovers' goal six minutes before the break, but the visitors kept up the pressure as McCandy's low right-footed effort from the edge of the box crept into the far corner after some good build-up play. Gilzenen came close soon after the restart, before Buckley converted from the spot after Sander Tronstad was brought down in the box. Gilzenen sublimely curled a free kick around the wall for the sixth midway through the second half. An 18-year-old Bloxham drove into the box five minutes later and finished low into the corner. 
It got worse for Harrogate when 17-year-old Edmondson ran in on goal after superb one-touch passing before he slotted home Blackburn's eighth with 15 minutes still remaining. But Harrogate keeper Mark Oxley prevented Blackburn notching double figures as he did well to save from Gilson and Edmondson in the closing stages, but it would be unfair to say that Oxley had an overall rather good game. Let's listen to Harrogate town boss Simon Weaver. Yeah, I've had a difficult evening experiencing the Carabao Cup this evening. How do you assess a result like that from the game? Well, the first instinct is um, you can't defend an embarrassing scoreline like that. You know, it's. Um, it's a really bad scoreline, you know. We, we were all excited about the game <coughs> yesterday and, and, and throughout today. No way to get in. Um, a few important players were out, you know, for a reason and uh, took knocks on Saturday or uh, the close proximity to, to the game on Saturday. You know, we, we a few players we, we can't do without right now. Um, but Fox was injured um, and, and pulled up in, in training yesterday. Um, Levi couldn't train yesterday, but was, I thought he was the one fantastic player we did have. Um, Joe Mattock was out uh, through through injury as well. So, yeah, we were weakened personnel-wise, but uh, in terms of the golfing class, I think that was quite obvious tonight. And you certainly can't give give a three-goal lead to a, a team of championship quality. Obviously, the scoreline is what it is. Um, you mentioned the quality of Blackburn. It's just the quality, the intensity of the play, how they kept going, kept going despite mm. the scoreline. In terms of the, the players' performance, how, how do you how do you feel the players stuck at the task? Were you, were you pleased with the commitment they showed and how they kept kept going throughout? Well, I thought the likes of um, Tomo and, and Levi stood out for me, you know, because they played 93 minutes full throttle and certainly didn't let themselves down and, and individuals um, a few more individuals stuck to the task um, but sometimes you have to hold your hand up and go you know we weren't good enough in that first 13 minute spell to give them to, uh, two goals um, then we had a, a good opportunity to score you know 1v1 that we missed it 2-1 then the feeling inside the stadium changes and then we gifted another with a couple of goals before half time you're going in 4-0 down that it's hard to come back, um, you know, and, and overcome the odds against a, a, a very good championship team with, you know, running throughout their squads quality and championship player quality. So, um, a difficult night, but we have to move on quickly. You know, as as devastated as everyone will be, and and the stick it will be flying, you know, at, at us. Quite rightly, none of us have have been good enough tonight. Um, but what's more important is is um, looking forward to Saturday now and, and putting it right a few wrongs. Is that all you can do? Like you say, is a sort of relatively quick turnaround important league game. You know, the reaction is probably the most important thing I'm guessing that you're looking at. Now. Well, yeah. I mean, we had a great day on Saturday and uh, at League 2 level. Um, this was against a good championship level team and we've, we've come up short. As I said, if, we, if you keep it, it's so important uh, to give it time the first 20 minutes and, and then you might get a set piece. You might get into. You know. You want to get into the te- uh, into the game, and um, we just never got going because of the the uh, chances that we conceded, which were far too easy. And then, of course, you can. I could bring them in tomorrow, analyse to death why why the goals went in, uh, why there were spaces, why we were ball watching. You know, and and that's that's why we lost. You know, it was it was a good level of football that found found people out to them. Okay, thanks for your time. Cheers. 
I must admit, when we were sat in the Weatherby Road stand watching uh, the game unfold, I did dawn on me that I probably will never see a game quite like that ever again. Anyway, moving on to the games that will take place for the third round as that got drawn on Wednesday. We've got plenty of exciting fixtures and of course we see the return of some of the more much larger names of the Premier League. Ipswich Town will take on Wolves, Exeter City will welcome Premier League side Luton Town, Aston Villa have Everton, Man United take on Crystal Palace, Port Vale have Sutton United, Bradford City take on Middlesbrough, Bournemouth have got Stoke, Lincoln City against West Ham, Brentford taking on Arsenal, whilst Chelsea take on Chelsea B-side, also known as Brighton Hove Albion, Salford City taking on Burnley, Fulham have got Norwich, Blackburn have Cardiff, Liverpool taking on Leicester City, Newcastle United uh, will want to try and push towards the uh, Carabao Cup final once again, but have to get past Manchester City in order to do so, and Mansfield Town taking on Peterborough United. And now, a very quick minute from our sponsors. Hey, we've gone podcast crazy. Yes, Three Valleys Radio has joined the ever-increasing world of podcasts by switching all our sports programmes to podcasts to enable all our listeners to listen when it suits them. Check out our ever-increasing library of podcasts featuring top sporting achievers including Harry Redknapp, Alex Stantley, Kevin Sheedy, Charlie Austin, Mickey Thomas, Mickey Quinn, Lee Johnson, Nathan Jones and loads more from the world of football. And then from the world of roasting we have Clive Cox, Holly Doyle, Richard Dunwoody, John Frankham, Colin Brown, Tom Scudamore, Rafe Beckett, Paul Feely, and Joe Tizzo, and many more. And hey, we haven't forgotten our contacts from the world of media. We have Ruff Scott, Ollie Bell, Harry Finley, and loads more, including Ian Dark and Richard Hoyles. So don't waste time. Go to www.freevalleysradio.com and click on the podcast tab or go to Spotify, Amazon Music or Acast. Thanks for that, AD. Of course, I know everyone knows about the Wonders of the EFL Review here on Spotify and, of course, on Three Valleys Radio. Otherwise, of course, you wouldn't be listening to it. But there are plenty of other fantastic shows, uh, um, all largely around sport and music, that you can enjoy. Just make sure you go to threevalleysradio.com to take a look at the wide variety there. You may even hear a certain voice if you listen to the other football podcast, Football Bloody Hell. But back to EFL action now, and there were actually two games from the Papa John's Trophy that took place on Tuesday alongside many of the Carabao Cup games. Uh, They finished MK Dons 4, Chelsea Under-21s 1, and Grimsby Town 2, Manchester City 2. Manchester City Under-21s, that is, of course. Manchester City Under-21s winning 4-2 on penalties. 
So we'll take a look at the upcoming fixtures in the uh, in the championship, League One and League Two, and we have all uh, twelve games taking place are uh, in uh, the championship or at the same time. Well, not the same time, but at least on the same day. There are, however, three games taking place at twelve thirty for reasons that aren't massively clear, because of course you can't have all three on Sky. Nevertheless, Birmingham City are taking on Millwall. Sunderland have got Southampton. Thank you very much, Sky Sports Cameras, for making Southampton fans drive all the way to Sunderland and get there for lunchtime. A slightly more closer affair, Swansea City are taking on Bristol City as well. Coventry City have got Watford. Ipswich, high-flying Ipswich, taking on Cardiff. Leeds United taking on another Yorkshire rival in Sheffield Wednesday. Leicester City face Hull. Middlesbrough will be hoping to turn their form around against equally struggling QPR. Plymouth Argyle have got Blackburn Rovers. Rotherham United taking on Norwich. Stoke have Preston North End. And West Bromwich Albion are taking on Huddersfield Town. On to League One now. And we've got most of the fixtures uh, for them taking place at 3 o'clock on Saturday. Blackpool have got the relatively short trip to Wigan Athletic. Bolton Wanderers have got Derby. Bristol Rovers taking on Lincoln City. Burton Albion will be sitting on the motorway for a long time down to Exeter. Carlisle will be sitting, or well, Shrewsbury fans will be going sitting on the motorway even longer to go up to Carlisle United. Charlton Athletic taking on Fleetwood Town. Cheltenham Town face Barnsley. Leighton Orient have got Stevenage. Northampton Town taking on Wickham. Oxford United have Port Vale. And Portsmouth taking on Peterborough United once again after the debacle of the day before. And on Monday night, for reasons unbeknownst to myself, Cambridge United are taking on Reading. Just before we move on, though, we will listen to table-topping manager uh, of Oxford United, Liam Manning, as they take on Port Vale this weekend. Everything's going so well, um, but Port Vale are matching us. They've gone four unbeaten as well. That's another good game for you. Yeah, extremely difficult game. Um, obviously a difficult first day for them, like it was for us, and then, to be fair, they've obviously showed... Character showed resilience, showed an element of togetherness to bounce back and obviously go on the run their run. So uh, we know they're an extremely difficult opposition. Um, and you know, one that obviously rightly so will show the highest level of respect to. Um, but like I said, we're going into the game off a good form, uh, in a good spot, and uh, we just have to make sure that behaviourally we're on the money. Um, and finally, it's where are we, about four o'clock on Thursday. Uh, the window closes in what, 24, 28 hours, something like that uh, from now. Are we expecting business? I, I guess you're not going to know, are you? Just how much we're going to do? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, hopefully I'm not here till 11 o'clock tomorrow <laughs> evening. I, I hope that. But again, I think it, it um, yeah, hopefully we, we, hopefully we'll add. I think that's the, the key bit. Um, and uh, possibly outbends, I don't know on that one at the moment in terms of, again, not through, not through offers or bids, which I'm sure everybody wants to know about. We've not had anything at the moment, which I'm not expecting either. So um, it's more a case of obviously looking at, you know, people that are in and around the squad that might need to go out and play and, and you know, might not get that here. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm anticipating a little business, but hopefully not too much. Well, people have got to be realistic. You've bought in ten and done new deals for two. That's a pretty good window. Probably why I look quite tired and old right now. Beef. Ed, Ed Baldwin's not looking so well, is he, at the minute? Well, Ed, Ed I think, needs to be careful with his phone usage because it's constantly strapped to his head. So, no, look, it, it's, we, we knew it was uh, come the end of last season, we knew there was going to be a huge amount of work involved. And, 
going to have to give you know a large amount of credit to everybody involved with that, with you know with Faz, with Ed, with Hoggy, with Shoya, everybody that's been involved in it. I think it you know it's not a, as easy going to go and get him. There's a huge amount of work that goes into identifying the target and then obviously trying to get it over the line as well. So we've uh, yeah, I've been pleased with the business we've done so far, and again we've obviously had some decent results. Doesn't mean we've cracked it and got it all right. You know there'll be there'll definitely be teeth and issues and, and challenges that we'll face along the way, but. Again, I think what, what we have to then fall back on is the, uh, you know, the culture that we've created here so far. So, of course, we'll never forget them. We move on to League Two. And we have one game at lunchtime. And it's a relatively local tie in the form of Tramere Rovers taking on Wrexham. Crew Alexander have got MK Dons. Doncaster Rovers are welcoming Swindon. Gilliam have to go to Grimsby. Harrogate Town will be hoping to put uh, Wednesday night behind them and taking on uh, fellow league strugglers and probably a very important one comes the end of the season against Barrow. Mansfield Town have got Bradford. Morecambe are going to uh, have Salford City. Newport County have AFC Wimbledon, both of them impressing in the EFL Cup this weekend, or this week, sorry. Notts County taking on Accrington Stanley. Stockport County have got Crawley Town. Sutton United have got Forest Green Rovers. They'll be hoping to continue to turn things around. And Walsall have got Colchester United. So, that brings us to the end of this week's technically EFL preview, but really it was more of a Carabao Cup review. I certainly hope you've enjoyed it. Plenty of exciting matches uh, that we've enjoyed, but also plenty to get our teeth sunk into over the course of this weekend. If you're able to go and watch any games, um, even with the subject to train strikes, best of luck to you. I'm going to the dizzying heights of Farsley, which is just outside Leeds. But uh, if you do uh, end up at any matches, please do get in contact with us. We'd love to hear you, particularly, of course, if it's an EFL match. Until then, though, we'll have a lovely uh, weekend. I'll be back on Monday to go through all of the fixtures. And until then, thank you very much for listening and goodbye.